I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Napalm smells best in the evening. It's not worth believing what you heard. Ladies and gentlemen, this episode of I Was There Too celebrates the special occasion of Alien Day. My name's Matt Gorley. This is the show where I talk to people present in the great scenes of cinema history. And if you're not aware, Alien Day, from this year forward, is every April 26th, that's 426, based off of the planet LV-426 in the Alien films, especially the first and the second. It's nice that we can come together in cities throughout the world to celebrate a terrifying parasite bursting out of people's rib cages, only to rapidly mature into an even more dangerous killing machine. And also, they have acid for blood. I can never get enough of this movie, and Alien as well. I also love H.R. Giger. He's the godfather of these films and his designs of the xenomorph. He and I have a special relationship where I portray him in various comedic outlets, and he never knew I existed. I was really, really happy to be asked to do the Q&A and uh, host this screening. It was put on by the Alamo Drafthouse, who do the most amazing things and are really growing a presence here in L.A. And uh, this was all held at the Ace Theater downtown, which is one of the most beautiful old theaters. It was a wonderful night with all sorts of Aliens fans. It was so fun to watch this film with all the people eating up every memorable line, every memorable alien death. It was a really, really fun night. Thank you again, Alamo Drafthouse and Ace Theater and Jimmy Cameron. Let's get started. Let's stop our grinning and drop our linen. I should mention before this begins that I refer to an egg when I come out there to introduce the guests, and uh, they had a full-size prop replica of one of the gross, disgusting alien eggs that was center stage, um, just one step below me. So the entire time I was introducing the actors, I was just being stared at by this crossweed slit of a, a egg mouth <laughs> uh and it was at times disconcerting and at times really wonderful let's begin the film 
Aliens, The Year, 1986, The Rolls, Private Frost, Private Vasquez, and Newt. The actors, Rico Ross, Jeanette Goldstein, and Carrie Head. Hello, everybody. Happy Alien Day. My name is Matt Gorley. Um, uh, if you know me at all, you would know that I'm a huge, huge Alien fan, and uh, I love this movie so much. Uh, the mouth of this egg is staring up at me right now. It's so harrowing. I once uh, read a story where Giger designed this egg with a one slit down the middle, and the studio made him change it because it was too suggestive of a female anatomy. And so he put another slit going crossways, and the studio was totally placated, and he basically looked at it and said, I have a double vagina. (laughs) Um, The actors are going to head out right now. They're doing a signing immediately following this Q&A in the mezzanine, Uh, so head up there after that. It's, uh, I think, a, a small fee, cash or credit card. But first, we're going to bring out um, the first of our three. Ladies and gentlemen, let's have a huge round of applause for Rico Ross. Hi, Rico. Nice to see you. This woman is one of the most badass characters of all science fiction. She plays the also-doomed colonial marine, wielding the smart gun. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeanette Vasquez. Goldstein. And finally... She's the uh, hope in Hadley's Hope, the colony on LV-426, the lovely and ultimately, unfortunately, doomed as well. (laughs) Newt, it's Carrie Henn, ladies and gentlemen. Right there. Hi, Carrie. Hi. How often do you guys get to see each other now? Is it pretty regular occurrence? Uh, Rico and I see each other quite often. We uh, see each other probably maybe um, three times, two or three times a year, you think? Yeah, we just saw each other in January. That's you right. You weren't there. Uh-oh. You were supposed to be there. But so. <laughs> I escaped. Um, and then we're all going to see each other again in June. In right? Houston. In Houston. Yeah, in That's Houston. right, in Houston. Now, uh, I want to start with you, Carrie, because you were nine years old when this film was shot, correct? Yes. You uh, are covered in alien goo, filth, bishop's milk blood. You're tied up into a web of alien grossness. Was this a harrowing experience for you as a nine-year-old, or is it really fun? At one point, you got to slide down one of the world's biggest slides in an air duct. (laughs) Um, Well, you would think that it would be... I'd have nightmares about it. People don't quite understand why I don't. But I think because they made it into such a fun experience for me... um, I really, it was just amazing, you know, and I, like you said, I got to go down the, that huge slide, and James Cameron said, you know, if you do this right, it's all yours, so. Wait, you mean you get to take it home with you? No, I got I kept going on it, and they put a sign up there that said, adults one pound, children free, so, and there was a huge mat at the bottom of it, so. How many times would you say you went down that thing? I, 
I don't know, but a lot. Okay. And were, were these two good to you? Yes. Very Everyone good. was really nice to me. Okay. Probably spoiled me a little bit. <laughs> Jeanette, you've been called Cameron's chameleon, even if I just invented that term right now. <laughs> are you surprised that people are surprised that you not only played Vasquez in Aliens, but also John Connor's foster mother in Terminator 2 and... The sweet lullaby-reading Irish mommy in Titanic. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, my, my, actually, my husband didn't recognize me. He saw me in... Um, <laughs> he, uh, this was before he had, or after you were married? No, no, he had a crush on me uh, when... He was a manager of a theater in San Francisco, and so he saw Aliens, and he was like, hmm. And then he saw, um, he saw uh, Near Dark. Some of you have seen Near Dark. And uh, he didn't know it was the same, uh, the same woman. So he's king of the geeks now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not kidding. Uh, Rico, now, we spoke before. I have a podcast called I Was There Too, and I was lucky to have uh, Jeanette and Rico on to talk about their experience on aliens. And we talked about the fact that you had to decide between aliens and Full Metal Jacket, the Kubrick film. Yes, that's, that's right, yeah. I think in any other universe... The fact that you went for this sequel to uh, a sci-fi horror film and passed up a Kubrick film would have been crazy, but ultimately this one seems to have had more of a cultural impact. What made you choose between the two? Wow, uh, good question. Uh, first of all, I'm, I'm tired as hell from watching this movie. <laughs> yeah, wow. when's the last time you've seen this? I, I've not, I haven't seen it. I, I went to the premiere and then I, I caught... a. Uh, about half the movie on television one day I was just flipping through. You mean the premiere originally? The original premiere, And yeah. that's the first time you've seen it all the way through? Yes. The last time you've seen it? Yeah. Oh, my God. Man, and let well, me tell you. we saw it at Hollywood. It's, it's a ride, Hollywood isn't Forever. it? Are you serious? Cemetery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we went to Hollywood Forever. They had it at Hollywood Forever. Yeah. That's right. Uh, a few years ago. But I, I'm always amazed because I expect the movie to, to, to really look dated, you know? But I guess because we didn't use a lot of... Uh, 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 special effects of, of of kind of like today's time computer graphics computer graphics yeah I, I think it kind of uh, it holds up much more than than one would expect but uh, yeah man not to mention I yourselves was, you I all hold up pretty out. well as well <laughs> oh thank you but, yeah. but I was tensing the whole time I was watching this movie man <laughs> like, do you get nervous when you're about to die <laughs> no because strangely enough when I when I um you know as an actor from for me anyway. When I first started, most of the roles, I didn't make it to the end. So, <laughs> so I kind of got used to it. But, but in answer to your, your question originally, um, it was a hard decision between a, a Full Metal Jacket and, and, and this movie. Because at the time, uh, every actor wanted to work with Stanley Kubrick. And James had done Terminator, and I think he had done uh, Piranha at that time. And so he hadn't done that much. That's right. Most people didn't know him, and I didn't know what to expect, really. Only thing I knew is that when I met him, we got along really well, and I met him early on in the casting, and, he, and I said, you know, uh, I was kind of full of myself a little bit, you know, but I, I, I said, I got this other movie, and um, I'm really, I'm really, uh, I really think I'm going to choose the other movie, and he says, well, before you make your decision, at least just, just see me again, meet me again. And so I met with Kubrick, and, and at the time, I was trying to get Kubrick to, to at least let me read the script. Because he, it was all hush hush, and he just let me read scenes. But he says, "Listen, I, I want you for eight weeks." And Plus, it was probably the size of a phone book. <laughs> well, actually, the 
the, the script probably wasn't completed at the time. Because one of the things he was going to do was he was going to have us all come, and we were going to just work this script out. We were going to improv. And as an actor, you know, you like that challenge. And then he says, you know, what you bring to it is what we're going to make the movie with. And I was like, wow, okay, I like that. But at the end of the day, James gave me a full script, and he says, listen, I'll do some rewrites, and I'll, give you, I'll, I'll make you good. I'll, I'll do you good, you know. And he says, and... Um, and he says, if Kubrick will release you after eight weeks, he says, I'll let you come to my film a week late. And, you know, you can do both. And I went back to Kubrick and, and asked him if he would release me, uh, you know, after the eight weeks. And he says, I can't do that. Turns out the movie took almost a year to make, so yeah. I understand it. And I, and I was put in that, and that, you know, I had that champagne problem of having to decide which movie to take, you know. And, and James just seemed like, you know, he was really excited about this. And he just says, listen, man, we, we're going to make a great movie. And you can read from the script of what it's going to be like. And, and they did. I had to make a decision. Good. Jeanette, for most of the shoot of this film, you had to lug around this smart gun, steady cam rig. Was there a moment where you looked around at everybody else carrying those puny pulse rifles and just went like, give me a break? <laughs> well, actually, it was just the, it was the first two weeks, me and Mark Ralston, had to, to carry around them. And yeah, it was definitely, it was great when we just got the pulse rifle, but we had to, we had special stools to sit on and they had us um, gaffer taped into the rig so they would only let us out to go to the bathroom maybe like once or <laughs> twice a day. And um, so we, we would just stand there and everybody would be just kind of joshing with each other and talking and we just had to sit. So it was, <laughs> it was tough. Rico, when you were carrying around those convenient portable pulse rifles, did you ever look at her smart gun and just go, thank God? <laughs> well, strangely enough, when I first uh, read the script and James talked to me, he says, listen, what role would you like to play other than the Hicks and Hudson role? He says, I have these, these, this, this, this other role where you, know, you can carry this, this, this rifle around with you. And I looked at, at, the, at the dialogue and, and I just thought, you know, I, I really I think I'm kind of attracted to Frost. But I, I, I would have been playing Drake uh, if I had gone with what he had originally had me I in mind. I just chosen for. Ripley. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Carrie, now, uh, this was your only feature film, correct? Yes, it was. And you're a teacher now, right? Yes, I teach fourth grade. That's so exciting. You're teaching children that are almost literally the age Newt is in this film, right? Well, I think Newt was supposed to be, like, second, third grade. Um, and I was in third grade when, I fil when I w they cast me. But I was actually in fourth grade when we filmed Alien, so it's kind of weird. It's the one grade I don't have, you know, school pictures for, and I don't really, I can't associate with it. I mean, I have other cool pictures from it, but you, not no, school pictures. No, you have a, a moving picture. Yeah, and now, and now a figurine, thank you very much. <laughs> um, so do the parents of your students know who you are? Do your students, I mean, they probably don't get to this movie much, but do they ever come in and just one of them pull you aside and go, I know who you are? Yeah, I've lived in the same, like, we moved, my dad was in the Air Force, and we moved to this town um, 30 years ago, right before Aliens came out, and so everyone pretty much knows me, um, and it's not really a big deal. For the kids, they get a little bit excited. Um, many, many years ago, um, this, probably about 15, 16 years ago, when I was substituting, a girl came up to me, and she's like, you know, it's kind of cool that you were in a movie, and I said... Okay. She goes, but if you were Britney Spears, it'd be so much cooler. And I was like, um, 
okay, this was way back when she first was, yeah, anyways. But I was kind of like deflated. I was like, okay. But my students now, they are really into it. And I, it's a little bit kind of, some of them have watched it. Um, I was probably that age. Were you really? Close oh. to, I think I was in... Well, I was in junior high when I saw this, and it, it frightened me to no end. This is the only scary movie I can watch. Like, really? I don't watch scary movies at all. Um, anyway, so they watched it, and sometimes I'll have kids come up to me with, uh, quietly after class with a DVD, and they'll say, Hey, you know, my dad's a really big fan. Um, this is the only teacher conference that my dad ever went to. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. okay. Um, and his birthday's coming up. And they'll kind of pull out the DVD. And I'm like, would you like me to sign it? Yeah, but are you going to charge me? I'm like, no, just here. It's all signed real quick. But don't tell everybody. Now, I would be remiss if I didn't mention that just yesterday, Neil Blomkamp, who uh, Brett spoke of before this, premi- or this screening here, put a post on Instagram of concept art from his Alien 5 film that features a very grown-up Newt that looks incredibly like you. Ha- do you know anything about this? Can you give us an Alien Day exclusive? What's the deal? Um, I saw that same picture when it was posted to my Twitter about a million times. <laughs> and um, that was the first time I've seen it, and that's pretty much I know about as much as you guys know about it. Okay, that's nothing. That's I don't know anything uh, except that I'm very excited of the prospect of Newt coming. Newt lives basically is what I want. Yeah. I want that spray painted <laughs> all over the streets of Los Angeles. Newt lives. Hicks lives. Vasquez and Frost live. You guys. Bill's convinced that Hudson's coming back. He's convinced. <laughs> So you three have a very rare distinction of being immortalized by an action figure now. Um, that too means more to some people than to have your head on a coin. <laughs> do you own your own action figures? And if so, where do you keep them? We'll, we'll start with you, Rico, and then go down the line. Well, someone brought me an action figure of, of myself uh, probably about five years ago. But it really wasn't me, but it was kind of like the character. Uh, but, but it definitely wasn't me. But this is weird because they actually sent me the, the action figure. And uh, they, they, they had me send them pictures and, and they did computer, some, used some kind of computer and made this mold that looked just like me. I mean, it's really weird looking at a little doll that has your face on it. It's, it's <laughs> kind of strange. But no, it was, it's, it's a cool idea. And, and I love the fact that, you know... Um, so many years later. I have to say thank you to you guys because you're the reason why this film still is, is popping like it is. You know, the fans are what's kept it alive. So give yourselves a, a round of applause. But yeah, um, I'm glad that there was, a, that there was a, an interest in it. And I think that, um, you know, it's, it's cool that, that especially for, for uh, young girls, that they have, they have female heroes, action figures to... To, to look up to and, and, to, and to buy for their kids, and, and now they, they got a brother, too, you know. <laughs> Jeanette? Well, they, they didn't do one of Vasquez when it first came out, and um, they, just, um, well, they just had contacted me because somebody found a note in the file of Fox that said that I would never um, let my likeness be released. And, um, Was this something you had signed? No, it wasn't true. 
um, it wasn't true. This was just very, very recently. Um, I mean, they, uh, they'd always said the, on Twitter, you know, um, they said, you know, let NECA make a toy of you and a, a real likeness. And I was like, sure, you know, just contact me. Who would have, I bet it was Lieutenant Gorman who did that. Yeah. <laughs> But um, no, I, you know, when they came to me and I said, no, I, that, wasn't, that wasn't true. And so they just, um, today they announced it. They, they didn't show the, the uh, face, but it, it really does look like me. But I don't know if you saw it on, on Twitter. They have a real Vasquez likeness. Um, yeah, it's cool. This is very exciting. And, yeah, and, and, uh, and Newt. So we're, we're there. Yeah, and I, obviously there was never one made of me all those years ago. And I got an email kind yeah. of saying the same thing. And I was like, what? All right, whatever. You know, that's cool. <laughs> no, so I think it's coming out in, uh, is it like August? Is yeah, that the, they actually, well, they're, mine's coming out at the San Diego Comic-Con. Yeah. Um, I guess they year, announced it today. Because I had seen your tweet, and this is what prompted this question, and I'm so curious. Yeah, because they they, then Randy at NECA sent me a mess, an email, and he said, hey, you know, I've got a really cool idea. Would you like to release it? So I said... Sure, what the heck? And I, I actually hadn't planned on coming. I didn't, hadn't heard about this yet. And so I thought, you know, I may have to take the day off because I, don't, I can't tweet, obviously, when I'm working. Um, my 33 students keep me pretty busy. So I thought, well, maybe I'll just take the day off. And to tweet? I, yeah. <laughs> well, plus my husband was off today, so I thought, oh, maybe we can go watch a movie or something, you know, in between uh. tweeting. Um, Do you have a little uh, classify like sick leave, bereavement, personal leave, tweet leave? <laughs> it's called no tell day. <laughs> so, anyways, so I did that. They sent me all the things to tweet, which let me tell you, sometimes it's hard to get that 140 characters when they send you this long old thing you're supposed to say. Um, but my kids, I have to say, I did it because my own children were really excited. Um, Some of your students are acting up. Can you? <laughs> and they won't. So mine will be on my children's um, shelves in their room and on my, my brother, who is also in the movie, on his daughter's shelf as well. That's right. He was a cut from the film, right? Because there were scenes originally that showed the colonists. They were, yes. And he, he got the part because he would go with my mom with me to the auditions at the school. And they'd have him come in and read the part of my brother. And then they just said, you know what, would Chris like to be in it? And for me, it was awesome because I hit him with my doll when Casey was still a doll. Um, and my mom was sitting like right over there and she couldn't say anything. <laughs> and I was getting paid to do it. Uh, Jeanette, when yes. you auditioned for this role, you were under the impression that aliens actually meant illegal aliens, almost like they make the joke in the film, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I was well. I was um, I was living in uh, in England, and I was married to an Englishman. I'd gone to drama school there, and um, when um, you have a green card, you're in in Britain. It's you're called a resident alien. It's your resident alien card. And um, for the audition, they were looking for specifically Canadians and Americans who had a British equity card for a movie called Aliens. And so I just thought. I didn't have an agent, so I was thinking, oh, maybe it's about the sort of underground where you marry a, a British citizen to get your resident. A I don't know. So that's what I, that's what I thought. And so I went to the um, audition, and it was a meeting, and I dressed very much like I did now, a nice pair of pumps and, uh, you know, and makeup. And, and um, I, I met uh, 
Gail and Heard, and she had a picture of Terminator on the wall behind her. And I was like, that is so cool. I love that movie. And I thought it was like a poster on her wall. She said, yeah, I made that. And um, so she said, do you know what this movie's about? And I said, I don't. And then she said, well, have you seen Alien? And I said, oh, yeah, absolutely. She said, well, this is the, you know, the second part, and it's about a group of Marines. And then I thought, oh, my God, I'm, I'm dressed completely wrong. And anyway, so... <laughs> That's that's how I that's why they they make the joke. But that that line was written way before, you know, I auditioned for the part. So all right, uh, you all three have very memorable lines from this film. Most every character does. So we've got they mostly come at night. Most I'm not going to ask you to say it. Thank you. Have you ever been uh, uh, mistaken for a man? No, have you? And your brilliantly improvised line about Arcturian poontang. <laughs> So, like I said, I won't ask you to do it, but my question is, do you, you must get harassed, people asking you for dramatic readings of these things. Does, how do you handle it? Is it something you enjoy? Is it something you're tired of? You reacted viscerally right now when I said that. Um, well, mine would be either the mostly one yeah. or screaming. Yeah, your scream is incredible. Yeah, so, like when I was um, like going to college or whatever and we'd go out at night to get a drink or whatever, and they'd all be like, hey, you want to go out? And I'd like, sure. Yeah, we mostly go out at night. Mostly. So it was like everything. You did it! But I changed it! No, but I changed you did it. it! I said go out at night, so I changed it a little bit, but everything would go back to that. Um, you know, and even my daughter, she's she's like my clone and so watching the movie was weird because it was like watching her and she's nine and it was just oh. it's kind of a trip but um she'll sometimes pull out the mostly line and she's never seen the movie and my husband and i'll look at each other um and then like in college we'd go out um drinking or whatever and um <laughs> apparently i did that a lot in college from this story but like one of my friends would drink a lit a little bit they'd start like oh can you scream still maybe and then they'd say, I, oh, I bet you can't. Well, for me, that's any kind of dare, like, bring it, you know. So I'd say, well, put your money where your mouth is. Come on. What are you going to do? They're like, oh. So they'd pull out money, like 20 bucks here or there, you know. And I'd say, all right. And then I'd scream. And I'd walk away with, like, the 100 bucks or whatever. in the bar that you're at? Well, no. Well, the bar that we went to, there was, like, an outside area. So you're outside in the dark just screaming. Yeah. I mean, they mostly come out at night, right? Yeah. So... <laughs> Did a cop ever show up? You're screaming, holding a wad of cash. <laughs> no, that's actually okay. pretty, probably a pretty good. Also, uh, when you're going to get uh, signatures tonight, just throw down a bunch of cash, and you might be able to get her to scream. You uh, know what, though? But that just didn't sound right. <laughs> just, you're right. But you're absolutely right. Can we just take all of that yes. back? <laughs> can we get a little curtain to go over this yeah. egg as well? <laughs> Uh, Jeanette, are you harassed with the, the line readings or anything? Or? No. No? No. I, actually, people don't, they don't recognize me that much because I don't look... You're Cameron's chameleon. I'm Cameron's chameleon, yeah. No, I'm like, where's Waldo? That's what is <laughs> <laughs> popping up in films. Um, no, I like, I like meeting people and talking to fans. That's very nice. Rico? I don't, people don't ask me to say it much, but I, I get it shouted at me quite often. Though. Oh, really? <laughs> About harsh language? Yeah, harsh language or cornbread or... <laughs> it's, it's, it's hot in here. Huh? <laughs> we talked about this on the podcast, but Arcturian Poontang, 
male, it doesn't matter when it's Arcturian. And then that's all the information we get. Have you ever gone into more detail? Can you explain that? Do you want to? Should we hear it? Uh, Does, yes, no, is this and a visual I can't aid? tell you this. Uh, no, the, the honest answer is that James would direct in a way where he would give, give us a certain, amount of, uh, a certain amount of leeway. So if it was going well, he'd just let us keep on, you know, just go ahead and spit it out. Do, what you, do your thing. And if it didn't work, he, he would kind of, you know, let us know. Uh, we're, we're not going to use that, but, you know, we'll use the other stuff. So during this, during the breakfast scene, they started, I, I don't know whether it was Drake or someone who started ribbing me talking about, yeah, but uh, Arturians, you, know, you don't know if it's a male or a female. So I was, just went with it. I said, hey, if it's Arturian, who, you know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and, you know, a lot of, the, a lot, some of that stuff was there. <laughs> yeah. And this was before it was all cool, before, you know, you swing either way. So it was, uh, <laughs> it was oh, always know. cool on Arcturian. I'm just man. glad that exactly. I really didn't get it at the time. You didn't like, get it. Like, I would have been, yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, I'm, it's funny because when, when you're on set and you're just riffing like that, you don't know what's going to be left in the film yeah. and what's not going to be left in the film. And when it came out, you know, I was surprised, well, there it is, boom. Well, and then the other thing was, on, on my um, chest... I have, oh, yes. I, have, uh, I love this show. I have Heath written on it. And, and, and what people ask me about that, you know, I guess they thought maybe that I, I had a boyfriend or well, something. Well, maybe that's your Arcturian boyfriend. Oh, maybe that's my Arcturian boyfriend. Yeah. But what happened was uh, the mother of my kid, name is Heather, and I was scratching it into the metal and I ran out of room. <laughs> and I realized about, about halfway through, I am not going to be able to spell Heather. <laughs> But fortunately enough, you know, um, I call her half for short, so it, it, it kind of worked out. I didn't have much of a choice because it, it, it was metal, so. Yeah. And Jeanette, tell us about what you have inscribed on your breastplate there. On my, on my breastplate. Uh, it was uh, El Riesgo Siempre Vive. And, yeah. And um, that, I guess, literally translated is the risk always lives, but, you know, there's no life without, without risk. Is that sort of... But I, uh, I, I saw that in a, it was in a poem of um, Chicano, Chicano um, poetry from Los Angeles. And it was a, um, I forgot the poet, but I, that's where I got it from. And you had done a bunch of your own sort of research and backstory on your character and Drake that you guys were both basically from a juvenile delinquent facility. Well, that was, yeah, that was um, in, the, in the script. That was a, a paragraph about them when, when it introduced Drake and Vasquez. They said that they were conscripted from juvenile prison and they both were serving life terms. And it was, um, that was all it said. And um, so it was... That, that gave me a real insight into the, their bond and how they were different from the rest of the Marines because they were never getting out. It was, they were in there for life. And it was a you know, real contrast, of course, with um, Hudson's character, who was a short timer. He had, what, two weeks? Which, yeah. I, and, but the, her, part of her, the whole idea of her bravery is that you know, it didn't matter. You know, she was never getting out. So, can you give us any insight on that weird tassel hanging from Drake's hat? What's going on with that thing? Well, he's it was got... like a, no, it was like it was a bone. It was, it was a, yeah, no, it was a tassel. It's like it looks. It's well, it's right. It's a long stringy thing it's hanging like from stripper. the brim of his cap. Uh, no, it was a, it was a, it was a bone. I think like it was a chicken like, bone or something. Uh, yeah, like a chicken bone. What? He was Did like you a, ever say what that was? He was like a hayseed kind of. I don't know. Maybe he just sort of ate. You know some chicken or something and I, or maybe it's a piece of Arturian I have no idea <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, uh, we don't have much time left, but I'm going to give you guys one last um, question that you can all answer, and uh, it's a bit of a personality test. So, in in the third Alien movie, the alien bursts out of a dog or an ox, depending on which version you're into, but it takes on the physical aspects of whatever it bursts out of. If you didn't die by fire or explosion or cryo seal breaking and drowning and were killed by an alien or burst open by an alien, what trait of yours would it have, physically, emotionally, or personality-wise? My character or me? Either one. Holy shit. Let's go with you. We're so opposite, though. Let's go with you, Carrie. Oh. Maybe loyalty? I think that's a, that's a good trait. For, yeah. Okay, good. Loyalty and honesty. All right. Jeanette? Oh, my God. Okay, so I, didn't, I haven't seen the third one. Um, let me see. Um, it's just whatever your oh, essence okay. is. Uh, my essence? Yeah. Um, kvetching. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so an alien bursts out and just immediately starts just, kvetching. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so hot. It's so hot. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, there's Alien 5 for my money right there. Rico? Um, I think it would... That, that's, a, that's, a, that's a cool question, man. Uh, I, just off the top of my head, I think it would be passion and compassion. Oh, going both ways with that. All right. So we have you a know, very... You Arturianism <laughs> influence on everything. A loyal alien, loyal and honest alien, a kvetching alien, and a passionate and compassionate alien. Ladies and gentlemen, please uh, give a big round of applause for Carrie Henn, Jeanette Goldstein, and Rico Ross. Once again, they will be signing in the mezzanine upstairs. Check it out. My name's Matt Gorley. Thanks again to Brett Berg and Alamo Drafthouse and the Ace Theater LA for hosting this. And happy Alien Day, everybody. Happy Good night. Well, there you have it. My thanks once again to Carrie Hen, Rico Ross, and Jeanette Goldstein. I love talking to them and all of the folks at the Ace Theater downtown and the Alamo Draft House. They put together an amazing night. There's even a little girl dressed as the Queen Mother Alien, and the way she moved was like some sort of creepy ballerina. She was in the lobby throughout, and she came out on the stage right before the show. There's a picture of her on this episode's webpage. And now I'd like to close out the show with something close to my heart. As I mentioned in the intro, I have a special relationship with H.R. Giger, a one-way relationship where I'm eternally fascinated by this man. If you're not familiar with him as a person, most people are familiar with his work, but he's worth YouTubing, especially as a younger man, to see what he was like and what he sounds like. There's a great documentary, I think still on Netflix. I'm not sure, but you'll be listening to this years into the future. It won't matter. Look it up. It's called Dark Star. And anyway, in my first podcast, Super Ego, the boys and I used to make great use of H.R. Giger and his ways. He's a very odd... Um, he, has, he walks this strange line between just uncomfortably sexual and, and the embodiment of childhood innocence. I don't know exactly how he made it work, but he really did. <laughs> so this is a, a few minutes and a sketch uh, from Super Ego where H.R. Giger takes his very suburban family through a fast food establishment drive through Enjoy. Hello. Welcome to Hamburger Sandwich. Can I take your order, please? Hi. 
I... My wife will have a sauce that has been a crude oil slick before. Ketchup, please. But she will need a vessel for the ketchup to sail on. Um, sort of a terrestrial orb that could be a beef mound or a carcass hill. Just a cheeseburger. It's fine, thank you. Okay, one cheeseburger with ketchup, what else? My son, what is your name? It's Tim. Oh, that was a mistake. I'm a mistake or my name is a mistake? All names are a mistake for they are only false representatives of one's soul sl- slide. Do you maybe want to come inside? I'm afraid to get out of my car because sometimes the ground gives me a miasma. Okay, well then, there's cars behind you, so can you kind of speed it up? H, just get him the number six. And mom, I'm not four. Number six, the baby tacos for babies? I'm not a baby. One cheeseburger with ketchup, one baby tacos for babies. I would like a wound. A what? Festering, please. We don't have Greek food here. Do you have anything that is animal byproduct still with the teeth in it? Um, not that you can see. The, okay, check. So far, good. Um, do you have pink slime that is not pink, but just a sort of varicose color? I guess if we undercooked the meat? You would do that for me? Yeah, I mean, it's actually less effort than cooking it. What is your name? My name's Chad. Chad? No, just Chad. You put an extra A in there. I wanted to make sure you heard me. I did. Then mission accomplished. George Bush was a great president. H, please. So are you done ordering anything else? Any fries? Anything like that? Do you guys still have the skeleton twins collector's glasses? I think the last one just broke. Oops. H, we should probably pull forward. Yeah, please, because there's ten cars behind you. Ah. Uh, a parade. So is that all that you need? Any desserts or anything? Yes, please. Okay, what would you like? Anything that has no sugar, no sweet. Take only bitter, put it in. Is a root beer float okay? Chad? Yeah? Do you have a girlfriend? Um, I am kind of in an in-between place right now, you know? Uh, I get it. Metamorphosis. Pupil, larval, what are we talking here? I can help. I'm uh, just kind of seeing somebody that... A moth lady? Um, people are starting to hunt. You know, flies have so many eyes, they'll just give you one. Okay, so that's a cheeseburger. A wound. Baby tacos for babies. I want regular tacos. And where did we land on the root beer float? Still checking. But I will say this. It's looking pretty good. Okay, Chad? Yes? Too bad your nose isn't a keratin horn that you could essentially puncture the top of a can with. Mm -hmm. Any drinks? Yeah, I was getting to that. A can of high C Pacific Cooler. We have Coke, Diet Coke, Sprite, and Pib. Mr. or Mrs.? Well, it's, it's not... Gender real. neutral it's Pib? Gender neutral Pib. I can get on board with that. Okay. Do you have just 40 ounce of squid squirt? What? It's black ink. I mean, we have pens here. Pez? Pens. Oh, too bad. Are you into Pez? No, my wife is, though. I really am. I have uh, Bugs Bunny and Wonder Woman. I got him at a farmer's market. Okay, Chad. I'm going to pull to the window away from your voice now to meet what you look like. Hi. Uh, that's not what I expected. Oh. Well, 2175, please. Here you go. What's this? It's a drawing of Linda Ronstadt, but if she were Venom. I don't know if you're trying to pay me, but you gotta use, like, cash or charge. Do you do Apple Pay? No, not yet. Square Reader? No, I don't know what that is. Bubble Coin? Did you make that up? Yes. Just pull up to the next window, please. Will I see you there, Chad? No, it's a separate window. No, God, not going. Not going. You can't stay here. There's people that are Chad, you have to go to the other window. I've built trust. It had to be you. Yeah, but... It Chad to be you. (sighs) Oh. 
Okay, I'll go. Okay, but don't go yet. Only when I've pulled forward enough to not see you anymore. And then appear there as quickly as you can. Okay, well, it's just like literally three feet away. So but I, I don't there. want a heavy Chad eclipse in my life. There won't be. Okay, here I go. Okay. Okay, I'm going. I still see you. Now go. I'm going. Oh, he's gone forever. Look, there he is again. He did not fail us. All right, pull up. Pull up. Hi, Chad. Yeah, You hi. look great. Have you not lost any weight? Uh, it's 21.75. Okay. Here is an Andalusian quarter penny. American. American okay. money. All right. Here is a South American Tubumbi. It's got to be United States of America currency. Here's a Puerto Rican. It's a territory, Chad. I owe you chip. All right. You have your food and your change. There's absolutely no reason for you to be here anymore. We haven't eaten yet. You can't eat here in the line. Then how do we leave you a tip? I, I can't take tips. Okay, Chad, I guess this is goodbye. Yeah, goodbye. Anything you want to say? Uh, no, just goodbye. Okay. Um, I'm having a hard time leaving. Sir, I'm really sorry, but you have to go. Okay, reverse. No, don't reverse. You gotta go just forward. Just forward. Yeah. Oh, easy! <laughs> I spilled. Do you have any extra napkins? Hold on, let me get some. And make it quick, we're in a hurry. (laughs) (laughs) That was Jeremy Carter as Mrs. H.R. Giger, Mark McConville as H.R. Giger Jr., and Paul F. Tompkins as the frustrated drive-thru employee. You can find more Superego at GoSuperEgo.com, iTunes, and all of the archived old classic Superego episodes chock full of H.R. Giger, plus all sorts of live episodes, specials, Superego Cinema, where we do commentary on such films as Alien with H.R. Giger, and John Hurt, played by Paul F. Tompkins, and Ridley Scott, played by Mark McConville, all on Howl.fm. Use promo code SUPEREGO to get one month free. You can take all that down in a month go for it as always if you have someone you can connect me with that would be good for this show email me at i was there two pod at gmail.com that's really the only way to get in touch with me for this otherwise you can find me on twitter at i was there too at matt gorley instagram at matt gorley and on letterboxd at matt gorley where you can find out the uh, upcoming episodes of this podcast and what uh, little musical riffs are on the end of this theme song and which films they belong to See you next time. This has been an Earwolf production. Executive produced by Scott Ackerman, Adam Sachs, and Chris Bannon. For more information and content, visit Earwolf.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.